0: Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class podcast. I'm your host Dan,
1: and I'm Travis, and I'm George.
0: And this is going to be the least sexy threesome any of us deal with for the next few minutes, <laughs> guys. We watched Wild Things. Yes, we did. I mean, did you finish it, George?
2: Well, I was gonna say, well, two of us watched <laughs> two Wild of Things, us and one of us watched most of it. Uh, oh, the George.
1: scene that's on the screen, I don't no, know. If no, no. You... Let me,
2: let me hold on. He left I
0: paused it paused. the movie. That's kind of gross. Yes. With people over? George.
1: Nah, yeah. It's the it's the recovery of the teeth on the beach scene. That's where
0: he's Oh, at. that's a weird scene to pause it on, but I mean, different strokes yeah. for different folks. Yeah. It wasn't so- the
2: pool scene. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I stopped the movie at uh, 29 minutes in, mm. and I said to my wife, at what point, do I just walk away from this movie and tell the guys that I just couldn't take another minute of it? <laughs>
1: Coming from the guy who sat through all 13, Friday, the 13th movies. that
2: moment happened 48 minutes later. Mm. Well, yeah, 48 minutes later. I'm an hour and 17 minutes and 50 seconds in when I pressed pause
1: and I said, no more. It starts getting good around an hour 20. <laughs> when the credits roll and you're like oh these actors I know them when everything comes to light that you have skipped yeah the stuff that you don't know
0: happens happens and then you're like oh stuff happened and I didn't know it because I didn't watch it to the end yeah well tell me how it ended so (laughs) (laughs) by no means Uh, is this the worst movie we've showed you out of 90 something movies which one was the worst? I mean, you made it through Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, which is a cult classic, but not. It's a he movie that you watch almost ironically.
1: A scene from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. That was <laughs> the garbage day scene. That he made was it a through. great scene. What <laughs> are talking about? So uh, uh,
0: it doesn't really yeah. work this format yeah. if you don't
2: finish the movies. Well, dude it's it's another uh what to, 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 to thirty thirty minutes of my life <laughs> when you can explain to me what happened in the next thirty second uh like in the next thirty minutes in the next thirty seconds, I'm just gonna go with the thirty seconds option at this point
0: I don't think we're gonna tell you what happens. I think we'll talk about didn't... the movie that you've seen so far and we'll talk about the context this movie exists in. But we're not going to spoil the ending for you. That's against our code.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, their
1: code.
2: <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> it's a sick joke. <laughs> you, you guys, in your code, your code. You Guys are a bunch of schemers.
1: Schemers. Well, I mean, you got you got a a, a very older, very much older Kevin Bacon.
0: Now, do you do you know who Kevin Bacon is?
1: George. Yeah, I'm familiar with. Did you recognize
0: Kev, yeah. him being in this movie? Did you go, "Oh, that fellow there, that is Kevin Bacon"?
2: I did. Kevin Bacon. Okay, I did. So that's one. First, you got one. I first saw him in uh, in uh, A Few Good Men, and uh, and I saw him get uh what what, what was it? An arrow through his chest or a yeah, arrow class. through the got through spear, the spear through the chest in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Classic Friday the Thirteenth. Um, yeah. and I've seen him in some other things too. Yeah, I, I recognize him for sure. Okay. He's a national treasure. Now I tend to agree. Yes. Did you recognize the
0: character Susie? The kind of mm, we call her mother? maybe like a You don't want to say tra- trailer park, but you know.
2: Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rough She's around the, the edges, s- gothic. Swamp, girl. uh yeah, this the Swamp Girl. Do you do you have do you recognize her?
1: The Backwoods girl.
2: Do I recognize her? The Gator Farm. She girl, reminds me of the also. daughter from American Beauty, but I don't know if it's the same actor. Not whatsoever. even close.
0: No, no. Uh, but she is the lead in Scream, one of your favorite movies uh, from okay. this she's show. Sydney. Oh, okay. She's the main. She's the main girl. They
1: tried really hard to make her look hard, and she's it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. She's always Neve Campbell. Always. She's never going to be anything else than Sydney.
2: No, they. I mean.
1: Worked on me. Worked on you. But I ain't seen shit, so. But you were like, you were already done before you probably even showed her. (laughs) Because I know when I texted Dan last night, it was around the scene where uh, Sam, who's uh, Matt Dillon, drives Denise Richards home with the kid with the bike in the back, Mm -hmm. and the mom comes out on the balcony. Mm -hmm. And every time she talked, every time the mom talked, Mm -hmm. I wanted to eject the DVD yeah so I, I feel it I know she's she was terrible now the mom like, really you're
0: bad. referring to Teresa Russell Teresa Russell National yes. Treasure and very well-regarded actress Teresa Russell
1: yes but not in this movie
0: voice of Anne in the English uh, dub of Tenebrae so eventually you'll hear her voice again
1: hmm. she was actually big in these kind of movies before she uh, hit her later years which is this movie but, like, she did a movie called Black Widow and stuff where she was, like, the uh, Sharon Stone-type character from Basic Instinct. She was, like, the, the femme fatale kind of character. She's in, so in this movie
0: her... because she's, like, a sexy lady emeritus.
1: Okay. She fits the part well, but her delivery of lines were very soap opera-ish. Which was like, oh,
2: that's that. I mean, not just that character. The delivery of lines in this entire movie is yeah. very soap opera. Most
1: of the guys were fine, but Denise Richards was bad. Nev Campbell well, what's was the
2: uh, what's the the guidance counselor's name? Uh, Matt Dillon.
1: Yeah, the but
2: the character's name. Sam. Sam Lombardo. 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 Yeah, Mister yeah.
1: Lombardo. You thought he was good? He's Matt Dillon. Like I. Who's Matt Dillon? He's. Kind of a legend, a Hollywood legend. Is he of the '80s? Yeah. How? Uh, he's part of the brat pack. Uh, the Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Ali Sheedy. Uh, you know, outsiders. I didn't
2: know that a brat pack was a thing. Yeah, that's the first time Maybe I've ever we'll, heard of we'll it. Probably go into that um, at some point. Rob Lowe, I have seen in a few
1: things. Yes. And I tend to like Roblo. Matt Dillon he pops. He was in something about Mary. Which you did see. I have seen that, but I don't He's recall He's the him. private investigator that um Okay. A uh what's his name? Holy shit. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller hires to go track her down and okay. then he winds up with the big he winds up sabotaging the whole thing.
2: He's the one who asks how he got the beans about the Frank. No, I'm just kidding. No. no that's the cop. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been around a while. He's done a lot of movies. How did he get the beans above the Frank? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Never had that problem. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, I, I didn't really care for him. i, no, I are but you. what do I know? Um
1: Again, when we when we watched Basic Instinct, we talked about that movie had no business being successful. But no one gave the memo to Michael Douglas, yeah, and the actors, the the actors were like, Oh, wait, no, we're making a movie, and they were basically making this kind of movie, which is a Cinemax movie, Mm -hmm. a late night HBO movie, and they made a pretty good movie. So this is kind of that same genre, that you know, that not murder mystery, but like,
0: it's like like a sexy noir, I guess,
1: seductive, yeah, seductive thriller noir. Just not as well done.
0: Now, uh, did you recognize the attorney with the neck brace?
2: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I mean, when he came on the screen, I was like, oh, thank God, an actor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My text to Dan last night was, uh, not even tits and Bill Murray saves this.
2: (laughs) 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 That's true. That's 100% true. It's become a
1: weekly tradition for Travis to text me the night before
0: we record... Saying we shouldn't watch the movie that we're watching this week. Even though he always helps me pick the movies, it's just... No, I I
1: was I was on board for this movie when we were talking about Basic Instinct, because it does fall in that same genre. So yeah, and I remember this being better. <laughs> I do remember it being better. I I think it came out like 96, 97, I think. 96 ni- is 90, what it said. And I was working at the theater, so I, I did see certain scenes many times.
2: It's 98, um, I don't know why it would have said ninety Or 98,
1: but... that's right, 98. I stopped working there in 99, so this was in the theaters. It's, uh, I... Yeah, it's 1998, Trev, like I said. 98. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember watching, this is the kind of movie where you just kind of skip scenes. Oh. You don't really Now you tell me. It. You can't. <laughs> I watched it all the way through once. <laughs> Last night was the first time I watched, uh, the second time I ever watched it all the way through. It's no, it's no My Cousin Vinny where when you're when you <laughs> when you're flicking through the channels and while things is on, and you're like, oh, I got to watch the rest of this. No. Or, oh, I need to see the next part. It's more like, oh, I have this on DVD. Let me pop it in and go to the four or five scenes I want to watch and then not watch it again for 10 years. <laughs> That's what that kind of
2: Yeah, is. I, I feel you.
1: But I liked Kevin Bacon in this movie.
2: And He was trying. Yeah, he was and he was fun. He was acting his ass off, but no one around him was. <laughs>
1: his partner was like a <laughs> block of wood like she's like, uh, yeah yeah Bill and Murray then, was trying though and Bill Murray was Bill Murray
2: was good though but it's he just he kind of just didn't fit the r- what the rest of the movie right. was doing because he's Bill Murray and he just takes over he's the comic every movie. part that he's in so you you know like I'm watching it thinking oh my god I could use a lot more Bill Murray in this movie mm. can we make a movie about like that, Bill Murray that character yeah like, it's almost it. like it's almost like you know like <laughs> you you could do like a better call Saul but about this attorney yeah, and like, that would be what hilarious. are the other cases he's dealing yes, with yes that right. would be great mm-hmm. um but he it. was funny in a movie that's not supposed to be funny right and lovable in a movie that's not supposed to be like that and so he just didn't his character didn't fit for me and it kind of just was like weird right but i liked him like, it's like one of the one of the Couple of the parts of the movie that I liked was yeah. Bill Murray's stuff, but
0: now George, are you familiar? And uh, Travis, you might be familiar with this too. Have you ever heard of something called the expert fallacy? I've heard of it. We've talked a lot on this show about the Dunning Kruger effect, and we've talked about recency bias a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't talked about the expert fallacy. But I thought tonight might be a good time to bring it up. I meant to bring it up during. I think it was Friday 7, Friday 8 and then lo and behold a, a full like year and a half later I finally bring it up. Uh George, expert fallacy.
2: <laughs> Ever heard of it? I think I've heard of it in a different form. I think it's the appeal to authority. Explain like, the
0: appeal to authority.
2: Like, you know, like this is, you know, this is true, this has to be the way it is because this expert says that's the way it is. No. And that's not necessarily the case. Not the
0: thing uh different thing. Okay. So the expert fallacy I'll just tell you what it is. We'll see if we can catch on to why.
1: Is that the shower scene toys? You know the end quite a the... bit,
0: uh <laughs> George, you know quite a bit about electricity, right?
1: Mm hmm
0: and from what I understand, you came to understand all these things about electricity, uh, kind of self motivated of your own accord, right? You've you're a self made man. Uh well, well, so i started amps, right? I started
2: as a tinkerer, but yeah. i I got more involved when I surrounded myself with people who knew more than me.
0: So would you consider yourself to be an expert or an no. aspiring expert in the field of electricity? An a-
2: aspiring, sure, yeah, yep, yeah.
0: and you play guitar, I know that, and you know a whole lot about uh-huh. tone. Would you consider yourself to be pretty well versed in the the natures of tone? Dare I say, to a new lay person, would you be considered an expert in guitar tone? Yeah, probably. Okay. So here's the thing about George. George knows a lot about electricity and guitars. The thing about the expert fallacy is a person who knows that they have an expertise in one field, sometimes, potentially. Could fallaciously fall into a trap to think that I am an expert in electricity, and I am an expert in guitar tone. So I'm also an expert in all the other things I deal with. Hmm. That's the expert fallacy. It's uh, you'll see okay. it a lot with engineers. Those are the worst. Sorry, engineers. But oh yeah, you know you you live in a you work in a world in which. Problems have solutions and those solutions are derived from your understanding of math and engineering and physics. And suddenly all the problems in the world start to look like things that can be solved through through your expertise in math and physics and engineering. Uh, So the reason I bring this up, George, the expert fallacy, uh, the movie you watched part of tonight. Mm-hmm. does not fall into any category that we've ever really looked at on this show. And so I've, I'm worried, I, I am afraid, that the George who watched this movie an hour ago looked at this movie through a lens of understanding a hundred and something movies that you've seen. And from mm-hmm. that criteria, you judge that the movie was bad from the very beginning and we're talking about a movie that definitely doesn't fall into any of the categories we've talked about before it it is it shares a lot in common with basic instinct because it's kind of mm-hmm. sexy
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it also pulls from multiple traditions you haven't seen yet you haven't seen a lot of noir you haven't seen a lot of this kind of i don't want to say cheese ball uh, but that is the first word that comes to mind kind of like good-natured bad-spirited filmmaking right bad people doing awful things but like not feeling bad about it it lacks the darkness of a basic instinct right a menace like everybody in this movie is doing bad things but you don't have an evil conniving murderous like femme fatale or main bad guy you know there's no riddler or joker behind the scenes there's no sharon stone character from basic instinct
1: everybody's shitty
0: (laughs) everybody is kind of playing in this muck it's like i'm trying to think of anything we've even come close to where everybody has the dirt on them you know and it doesn't matter how clean they start and it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah i mean it does it pulls from traditions like uh the agatha christie style stuff only like I don't know. This is like a much more relaxed version of an Agatha Christie type uh, right. thing. It's not as like highbrow. But it seen, it knows it's I've not I've seen highbrow. other
2: things like that. You know, like where everyone's shitty and even the good guys are shitty.
0: But see, a lot the of those movies where everybody is shitty, but even the good guys, they, they play him in Hollywood as like hard-boiled, like anti-heroes, right? Like, mm. oh, he's the punisher and yeah he's going to murder a bunch of people but he's going to murder the right people and he's going to come out darker cuz he played in the darkness no,
2: like i'm thinking more i mean i just recently watched uh, true detective season 1 yeah. and those detectives just they were kind of like forced into a situation where they're both good dudes but they had to lie right. to like to make things right They played in the darkness long
0: enough that they got the darkness on and in them. Yeah, got a little darkness on you. But it's played. (laughs) Those (laughs) movies (laughs) in in True Detective is a great example of one that is played like deadly serious, unfunly serious. Like I'm trying Mm -hmm. to think of a single time I laughed during True Detective. You know, this is not that. Wild Things is a much more relaxed kind of like kind of like a popcorn flick just instead of cars crashing into each other it's human bodies crashing into each (laughs) other in multiple configurations so it's a shame you didn't finish it it's a shame you gave up when you did because this movie does a lot of things that you actually i think would appreciate some of them we won't be able to talk about
1: and you missed out on kevin bacon's uh little bacon
0: (laughs) oh yeah you get to see his dick uh uh, you missed out, man. Spoiler <laughs> right? alert: it's uh, Kevin Bacon's dick.
2: Great. Six um, degrees of Kevin Bacon's dick.
0: I mean, more like I don't know, forty-five is, degrees. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we're being honest, uh, but
1: he's a little teapot, short. <laughs> here's his handle. Here's his spout.
0: Now, last week we got into a discussion that I. I'm hoping now maybe George you realize why we had that 10 minute discussion about film nudity at the end of the last episode to kind of prep you for today's episode. Mm -hmm. One thing that you talked about was how you liked, and I think your word was the mystery or maybe that was Travis's word, but the idea that, you know, nudity in these movies is more rare in America and you like nudity rare because you want it to be special. Do you remember that yeah. conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Denise Richards, Kelly in this movie, is nude a few times in this movie in a few different scenes. Mm-hmm. She had already been in Starship Troopers, which mm-hmm. is a, whether it's good or whether it's bad doesn't matter. It was a big movie that made a lot of money. This was her second big movie. It's good, it's pretty good. <laughs> But uh, we, if we say it's good and then you get in there and you're like, oh, I don't get the... Uh, it's Robocop again, no, you know. Yeah, no. It could go yeah. badly. Uh, but it's a good flick. But anyway, she's in a good flick. She's in this, her second big movie. She's nude all over the place. Never really nude in the movie again. This is her, the one time that she does this kind of stuff and it puts her into the, such a position that she ends up a Bond girl. Like, the next
1: year. And Charlie Sheen's wife. And Charlie Sheen's wife. And she's done, like, a hundred movies. But Nev Campbell falls on the category that I was talking about, where she clearly has signed multiple nudity clauses in her contracts, where she's not showing anything. Hmm. But it's always implied. Right. She does it in Scream. She does it in Here. And it's like, it's almost, you're disappointed. Which is what I was talking about. Like you're saying, okay, she's in a, she's in a, not a titty movie, but it's not like it's spring break. But it's a, it's clearly a movie that's going to have nudity. They, they imply it in the trailer. So you go to the movie thinking you're going to see something. Yes. And what you get is the near occasion of nudity. You get Kevin Bacon's penis. That, that is was a, not in the trailer. That is a, <laughs> it's a bait and switch. That's a bait and switch
2: if I ever. <laughs>
1: Is this the movie you were talking about
2: where yes. you saw Dick instead of?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. When we were doing Scream, I brought this movie up because it was like it was not fair. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm finally gonna see. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember she's that, she's that, and then I boom, remember Kevin that
2: liked. conversation. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you were pissed. And I remember Denise Richards in Starship Troopers was the one in the movie that did not show her self naked, but Dina Meyer did. They did like a whole trooper shower scene where the girls and the guys were showering together. But Richards was not in that room. So it was like when you finally got you're like, wow. And it's funny how they over-sexualized her in this movie, but they didn't have to. Like she's she's sexy. She could have been in a turtleneck and or even a t-shirt and jeans. She didn't have to be like the Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. seductive, like, she's seductive just being in the room.
0: But, and, and I have to jump in here. So they
1: over- overplayed that a little bit. They
0: overplayed it because that is the character she's playing. Exactly, right. And it's necessary to the plot that George knows and the stuff that George doesn't know because he gave up on the movie too soon. Uh, It's important that she be exactly what she is in this movie. Yes. So, George, this is exactly kind of the movie that normally if you had greater context for you know denise richards's career you'd be like oh wow this is the one time she really went all out and if you wonder you know if you uh, better appreciated what they were going for as far as this movie was going as far as the you know creptacular on-purpose acting which there's a lot of explanations to why some of this acting is kind of questionable in the first half of this movie and it has to do with the plot not just the production but again, we'll leave that unsaid.
2: Well, I'm glad I didn't I didn't get to see Kevin Bacon's dick. To <laughs> be quite honest with you. I mean it's
1: not in your face, but it is there. I hope not.
0: <laughs> you get pickle. <clears throat> you don't get angry pickle. You,
1: you get semi angry pickle. You get shower pickle.
0: <laughs> hmm. Do you know that this movie is more popular on IMDb than Halloween? Really? Yeah. It's not higher rated, but it is a much more popular search than mm. Halloween. So I just think that's interesting. It's an interesting thing. The director of this movie, also interesting, because I know him mostly from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, right? which is the grim, dark slasher movie. Like if you want to talk about the, the slasher movie that is as close to true detective in tone, as possible. Henry portrait of a serial killer is that. And so for him to turn around and make a movie like this, that is kind of lighthearted tongue in cheek in a lot of ways. It's a really interesting tonal shift. I wouldn't have expected it to be the same guy. So George, this is a movie that had you gone to a school with other children your age, you would have been very familiar with this movie in 1998, 99. Okay. This movie hit at a time where bigger budget mainstream Hollywood movies were just about to stop being sexy. This was like the last run of mainstream big budget sexy movies before horror and all these movies were PG 13 and superheroes were starting to take over the box office. Like, this is kind of the last bit of this. You know, we've got. Eyes Wide Shut and this and a couple others in the same era. What year was American Pie? Was that 2000? Uh, it had to be like 98, 99. 99, yeah. So, yeah, because
1: yeah. you had like Road Trip and all those like comedy, sex comedies that still existed. Yeah, there was like a resurgence of 80s sex
0: comedies yeah. and then that was kind of the door shutting on a lot of this stuff which is interesting That, but, you know, we've talked about pay cable TV and stuff kind of picking up the back end
1: i'm sure people rented the hell out of this movie
0: this is the i mean we talked about last week that pen 15 show has an entire episode about when they saw this movie at a sleepover right and that was what this movie became it was like like a yardstick for <laughs> how your weekend had gone to hear all the different people that had managed to rent it find it on demand in the early days of on demand cable like it made the idea of a three-way like mainstream for a whole generation of people
1: who had never seen that in the movie. Right. What was the movie with uh, Gina Gershon? Was it Crash? Bound. Or bound. Yeah, that was that was probably around the same time too, because that was everybody talked about her and uh, and Tilly. Make Tilly. And what's funny about Bound is uh,
0: Wachowski siblings uh, made that one. Uh, yeah. That's not one that and I'd got- ever heard of. Like that one didn't make it down to the middle school crowd. That was too really? adult. Gotcha. But Wild yeah, Things, remember- everybody middle school now knew about Wild Things, and it was a lot of it was marketing, and a lot of it was the fact that it was this you know super raunchy, but like. Acceptable because it's made by mainstream Hollywood,
1: you know. Plus, it was Nev Campbell. You get the Party of Five, and Scream yeah. connection to your generation, so I get it.
0: Now, an interesting thing in this uptight America that we live in, harkening <laughs> uh, back to our discussion last week, one of the things that's interesting about the way that America works with. Sexual topics. If it pops up in a magazine. Especially like a, an adult magazine. It still feels. Kind of forbidden. Right? In the 80s. I'm saying right. You don't have to agree with me. But I'm going to put this out there. But there's something about. When. A topic like. The sex in wild things. Jumps from your late night cable direct to video made for people to watch by themselves in their home cinemax type movies when it jumps from that to a mainstream theatrical hollywood movie that like there's a, there's this phenomena where suddenly people that would never have watched that scene because it was in a dirty movie be it on cable or be it at a video store, they wouldn't watch a dirty movie because dirty movies are bad. But when it happens in this movie made by a mainstream producer and and director, suddenly it's like, Ooh, have you seen let's all talk about it because now it's like safe to talk about it. I've seen the same Mm. thing happen recently with the 50 shades a few years ago when those books were flying around people that would never feel comfortable admitting to or even privately in their own home viewing something for sexual gratification. Suddenly, we're like, oh, but this isn't a dirty book. Or in the case of the movies they made, this isn't a dirty movie. Instead, this is a mainstream movie, so I'll like talk about it at work and share the book with my coworkers and we'll all go see the movie when it comes out. When in reality, now, what they're watching is essentially softcore porn. And what they're right. reading is like bondage porn, right? Isn't that the one where it's kind of yeah. bondagey?
1: Yeah. Like that's
0: not something well, you'd ever see in a mainstream movie unless it was. I
1: don't think Fifty uh, Shades of Grey was considered as mainstream. Yeah, the books were popular. And it became a topic of conversation because everybody was like, well, you know, everybody's kind of in the closet about. S and M and porn and this and that, but that book sold like eighty million copies or something. So it's like it's not just a man thing. No, it's not men. There's a lot of women buying that one. Is
0: that was an interesting one because it was mainly aimed toward women.
1: No, it definitely, uh, it definitely rode the coattails of like the Sex and the City viewers. Like they, like you said, they they went out to dinner, then they went to see the movie as like a group. It was like a, it was an event which is weird for that kind of movie because it's, like you said, it's a, it's a Cinemax movie. It's, it's uh, Red Shoe Diaries. It's not, it's not mainstream. So, and that's you,
0: this phenomenon with Wild Things where it's like, this is a movie that has content in it that if, if you led with this content in the same way that Wild Things did, but you were advertising your direct-to-video, your direct-to-cable late night movie not as many people would watch it and the ones that did watch it a lot of them would never admit to watching it but because it's like got this seal of approval of a commercial release and stays away from the nc-17 rating right like that's the one example i can think of really off the top of my head is the showgirls thing where people still treated it like a dirty movie because it had the wrong rating on it which is bizarre
1: but from what I was saying, if What's Her Name is not in that movie, no one goes to see that show. No one sees it.
0: Nobody sees Showgirls if it but doesn't have a... Uh...
1: Elizabeth Berkeley in that movie is what made people curious. Same thing with Striptease. No one was seeing Striptease. They weren't paying their $12 to see, or probably $8 at that point, to see Striptease. They were going to see Demi Moore be a stripper. That To me, that's, that's the way I look at it. Because... Showgirls was so bad that no, there is no word of mouth for that movie at all. But you're seeing the girl from Saved by the Bell. That's not the one that most of the people wanted to see. So
0: uh, next week, I think we should watch a Paul Verhoeven flick from the mid '90s. No,
2: no. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you guys are talking a lot about how like sexual this movie is and and all that. For
1: its time, it was
2: uh, okay. Fine. Uh, the first hour and 17 minutes of it, to me, guy is nothing special. No, but again... Probably it, because I don't know who they are. But then again, I didn't know who Sharon Stone was right. when I watched uh, that movie. Uh, Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Um, and I thought it was very...
1: Well, that movie sexual. was way sexual, way more than this. Yeah. Definitely. So, you needed the sexual... Incidents in this movie to set up the plot. Yeah. But it wasn't a softcore where it was like, oh, they're just going to meet up and do it. Oh, they're going to, oh, look, they're meeting here and doing it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't part of the plot. They just needed that first establishment mm-hmm. and then the second scene to show those two were kind of in cahoots. Yeah.
2: Well, kind of. Yeah,
1: they were. They were. So they had to show that. <clears throat> But other than that, it's really not relevant to this movie at all. Yeah, I don't
2: think it was that bad. Or, I shouldn't say bad. But for the
1: it's... 90s, this kind of movie, you had to sit up two o'clock in the morning on Cinemax. And it was usually like this really terrible, like sex crime movie where, yeah, there's some nudity and the acting's terrible, but whatever. People, this was in the movie theater. Like you paid money to go see it. So it was right. way more mainstream.
2: Okay. Didn't hit me the same way Basic Instinct did. It's a different movie. At all.
1: It's a all. different kind of movie, yeah.
0: It's a different genre. It just It is just like Basic Instinct. There is a before Wild Things and there is an after Wild Things as far as how some of these sexual topics are handled in movies and what is expected and what is accepted. Uh, the next year you have Cruel Intentions pop up, which mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but again, you have famous actresses Mm -hmm. making out in a movie and it's like mainstream now it's not hidden from view it is like advertised on tv and they're winning awards on like that mtv movie awards thing they they got nominated for and so
1: yeah best kiss
0: yeah you don't see lesbian kissing on tv in the 90s and you definitely don't see passionate women kissing until wild things cruel intentions and now it's a thing and now it's a thing right like it's it's not a shock anymore and and, you know the past 20 something years have been a lot more you know varied and open in the presentations of stuff like that
2: but it was shocking who was it in the 90s Who was it like madonna and christina aguilera or something like that at one of the music Music awards Awards,
1: yeah that was Kind of taboo, too. Well, and that was more. I remember more, that happened. And I'll Britney Spears. It. it was Britney Spears. Yeah, as
2: well. was it Britney Spears or what?
1: Okay. She kissed one, then kissed the other. And that was, was a lot a more just
0: performative, right? Yeah. Like, there was no passion yeah. there. It was just shock value. Right. And shock value mm. is one thing. Uh, but, you know, this movie, Cruel Intentions, there was like a an acted passion there that, like, would not have been kosher up until that point. It would, right. That alone, like the the acting itself, would be surprising, and now it's like a commonplace thing. And it's just interesting that this was the turn, just boom, right there in the late nineties.
1: I like Cruel Intentions. That was better than this.
0: I don't know if I've seen it all the way through.
1: But yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of early actors in that movie, that became something.
0: Now, one other thing that I think is interesting is you you've both discussed like. The anticipation of waiting for, you know, an actress to do 20 movies and will she ever do a sexy movie? And it's interesting here that, you know, Denise Denise Richards is essentially an unknown, but just what they put of her in the advertisements is what brought a lot of people into this theater.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's an interesting thing where it's like, it's not about waiting and knowing and hoping that someday, and instead it was just like, Their marketing of her brought people in and put butts in seats. Now, one thing we haven't discussed, and I I was hoping it would come up organically, but it didn't. Uh, George, what city does this movie take place in? What area of the country? That's a good question. They talk about it quite a bit. They show a lot of scenery. There's some gators.
2: Oh, I saw a license plate that said Florida.
0: Okay, so this movie takes place in South Florida, essentially Miami. Okay. The thing about this movie, it does not look like the Miami that you would see in like a Michael Bay movie. And I think it's amazing and kind of interesting because what you're seeing in this movie is like towny Miami. Mm-hmm. And that's weird because you never see that in a movie.
2: That's another True Detective thing.
0: It's not the touristy part, it's the living in part. Yeah, it's like it's, the, uh, the, It was the Gainesville. Gainesville, like Gainesville, I think.
2: Yeah. Uh, true Detective was in. It was very. Very southern, not urban. And there's a major Moral. class
0: element in this movie that, yeah, plays through the whole thing. It's like interwoven in the fabric more so even probably than the sexy stuff. You know, mm-hmm.
1: and, Gainesville was a town from a, a Devil's Advocate as well. Yeah, it's a very popular town.
0: Lot of lot of devils in Gainesville. <laughs>
2: Oh no, wait, no. Devil's advocate was Gainesville. What was True Detective? Jacksonville? Maybe I'm I'm wrong about that. I feel like True Detective I'm, was I'm, in Louisiana. I'm wrong about that. Am I
0: wrong about that? It's been a while since I watched it. I felt like it True was. True detective
2: was yeah, it was Louisiana. Yeah. It was definitely Louisiana True Detective, sorry. My bad. Not Missouri. It was another state the hell over. Am I talking about? My bad.
0: But an interesting class struggle. I mean not quite diehard level of uh working man always right. White collar guy always wrong, but definitely you know a predatory relationship of the rich folks, and their like stranglehold on this small community and all that. And like I I thought it was interesting how much the the country club became like the sign of who had made it and who was getting kicked out and who was back and you know like the the currency of that town was all in the elbow rubbing with the rich people.
1: It reminded me a lot of the T V show Outer Banks that my son made me watch.
0: I've never that heard one. of that one.
1: Classism. Uh they had almost like a West Side story kind of thing with the rich and then the people that lived on the beach. Like the you had the, the, the high elites and then you had the people that kinda of the beach uh beach home people. And it's kind of the same thing with this, is when they show you the Gator family. And then they show you the Teresa Russell family or Kelly's family. It's like apples and oranges. So there's definitely a an elitism that goes on there. Makes them all shitty.
0: Everybody's got a little dirt on them down in the yeah in the Everglades. And now they have Tyreek Hill. And he's causing all sorts of trouble. So <laughs> good luck to uh, Miami.
2: Yeah, wasn't it hilarious that all of the... Uh of Bill Murray's clients all wore neck braces in their pictures.
1: It yeah. establishes Ambul- that, Ambulance.
0: it establishes his entire history without having to say a word, man.
1: Yeah, yeah it's really good. Ambulance chaser. Why are you wearing that neck
2: brace? Ah, oh, there was this insurance guy walking around. <laughs> at a,
1: I don't have to wear it all the time, just there was an insurance guy walking he around. He reminded me like a mix of Vankman from Ghostbusters and like <laughs> Bob from What About Bob.
2: Yeah.
0: With a little Lionel Hutz thrown
1: in. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like a lot of Lionel Huts, but like successful mostly. I mean, George doesn't know what happened at the end, but we'll just leave that to to mystery, right? (laughs) I
1: I couldn't imagine sitting through an hour and a half of this movie and missing the last 10 minutes. I know, it's really funny. (laughs) Uh, And no, he doesn't wake up in a hospital. It didn't happen.
0: No, he wakes up in a hospital and then walks out and then that girl's there and she's like, hey, it's the beginning of the movie again. (laughs) And then the credits roll to I got you, babe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, no. He's not like Bob from What About Bob? He is like that character from uh, Groundhog Day. Definitely. In this movie. (laughs) Quite a bit, actually. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) He's so good. He is a national treasure. Bill Murray? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. How do you have a movie with like three national treasures in it and it's still not a good movie? It's a
0: fine movie. It's just not (laughs) like.
1: It it doesn't hold up. Let's put it that way. It's like. But it kind of does. After talking to you, I get it more.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, right, we had this discussion in the car today, me and the kids, right? I was like, hey, kids, do you want to get really into soccer? soon because MLS has a new TV deal and the Royals are terrible and we have a decent sometimes soccer team so like during the off season when football's over we can watch soccer and my youngest boy goes baseball boring soccer boring football fun
1: mm.
0: and i'm like okay so but like they're different things we could we could enjoy both the things and they decided that's not no. wrong
1: He's not He's wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> I have that argument with Gabe almost every night when he wants to put on the Phillies game. Although I do like baseball. but I, I, It's just boring to me. Well, I it love is boring. baseball if I go to the game. It could
0: be boring but... and you can still enjoy the, the, the festivity of watching baseball. And that's the thing with this right. movie. like, It isn't going to deliver the thrills of a basic instinct. And it's not going to deliver on some of the promises it made in the trailer as far as the sexual content. But if you can enjoy it for what it's doing... It's a fun little weird little movie that does some very interesting things in the third act. Whether or not they all land, I, I wouldn't comment until George can discuss it too, but it's Word. just a different movie, guys. And so that's the concern. Going forward, George, you don't know all the molds yet, right? Like, sometimes it may not seem like the movie's working, but finish it. Take a step back. <laughs>
1: Would you like Usual Suspects if you didn't know who Kaiser Soze was? I loved that movie. Would you like... When I didn't know who Kaiser Soze was. Would you like Seven if you didn't see the car ride to the to the box? Uh, or the box?
2: I don't know. I mean, think about it. You wouldn't even know what What's in the Box means. You Think about it. I've never heard it. Seven. I watch... You know, you watch Seven, and it's rolling it's unfolding in a way where i want to watch it to the end right and this movie is unfolding in a way where i don't want to watch another minute <laughs> so w- why do we watch movies right to be right? entertained i mean well that's one reason i mean you could watch movies for you know a for...
1: podcast <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> for education purposes right. Right? right um there's there's that um It has to have some value, Mm -hmm. right, in order to be worth your time. And, I mean, shit, guys. I went 48 minutes longer than than I wanted to.
0: First time ever,
2: right, Meg? Hey. hey and (laughs) And, guys, I was like, there's 30 minutes more? Yeah. Why am I doing this to myself? Well, you would have found out. I mean, I would put
0: it a different way from how Travis framed it. I would say, yes, you enjoyed the process of watching Seven, but imagine if you hadn't seen the last 20 minutes of Seven. Or Psycho. Or you hadn't seen the reveal in Psycho. Like, you know, yes, you may have enjoyed the process of watching what those if movies I hadn't more.
2: Seen the, uh what if I hadn't seen the reveal in um, The Village? It might have been a better movie. Better movie. movie. You're right. Right? No, you're right. So, maybe I made the right decision, (laughs) guys, is all I'm saying. Uh... (laughs) I mean, this is unprecedented. It is. Uh, It is. In in almost 100 movies, I've watched every single one, no matter how bad.
1: I mean, you got through Jason 9. Yeah, you made it through Jason
0: Hex.
2: I, I knew Jason I was watching. I, I don't even watching, watch Jason
1: X. Like I'll watch <laughs> I knew all of them. I was <laughs>
2: watching garbage, and I knew I was watching garbage, and it was eighty minutes of garbage. Right. This was hundred and twenty minutes of garbage. And well, today and, was and garbage. And day. It was garbage posing as a real movie, whereas right. Jason X's garbage not posing as anything but garbage. It, this is garbage posing is. as a movie. Right. It's not. I mean, listen. You know, yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm not going to. I don't give a fuck how it ends, <laughs> honestly. I really don't. And I don't want to see what's-his-name's cock either. So what are we watching next week? Oh, man, oh, man. What are shouldn't.
0: we watching next week? I, I vote for the Verhoeven
1: movie.
2: No. It, I've enjoyed some Verhoeven
1: in the past. Yeah, I'm not watching Showgirls. You can watch it on your own time. Oh. I'm, I'm not doing it. We'll watch Showgirls <laughs> at some point movie? just for fun. Okay.
0: But aren't you yeah, intrigued, now that you know, George, that it's a Verhoeven movie, don't you want to know what, what's going
1: on?
2: I mean, after Travis's endorsement of it 20 minutes ago?
1: No. <laughs> it's an event. <laughs> it's definitely an event. Um, but it's not a good movie. It's definitely fun. It's definitely got some stuff going on. Uh, there's, there are some performances in this movie. It might be a better movie to
0: watch with a few friends while enjoying some adult beverages and a laugh. More than like a
1: critical- It's not to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, Although it takes itself seriously. Oh my God, it
0: so does. It's wonderful. (laughs) It really thinks it's the best movie, and I don't know how that happened, because Verhoeven is (laughs) consistently one of the best directors I've
1: seen, but man. It's like an Ed Wood movie. Like Ed Wood thought he was making Oscar award-winning movies. It's and wonderful. It's not. Highly recommended. To anybody
0: that hasn't seen Showgirls to watch it. Just don't take it as seriously as it takes itself.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um I'm torn between uh True Lies or Primal Fear. That's where I'm at. Have you ever seen Primal Fear? I have not seen Primal Fear. crazy it was on tv last night when this was on tv last night
2: oh that is weird it was weird didn't shut this off and watch that
1: Uh, no it came on right after oh and i'm like and i looked at the i think it was like a 66 popcorn and like a 55 critic for wild things and i think primal fear was like a 83 and a 89, so it's definitely a better movie than this. But well, it's a different kind of
2: well, movie. Well, what are we doing? Are we doing Primal Fear, <sighs> or are we I doing know. True Lies? Let's do Primal we've been Fear. Th- we've been threatening to do True Lies for a while.
1: Maybe that's our 100. Mmm. 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 Mmm.
2: Well, anyways, you guys are the... Uh,
0: Let's do Primal I Fear. Do, I want to see I it. I want to do Primal I Fear. I don't know
2: what it is. I don't know anything about it.
1: You've brought it up a bunch. It better not suck. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Probably will. <laughs> it it can't. It gotta it can't. It's the. There are no dream worlds, so I think okay. we're good there. Then we'll be good. And there's no f- tra- time travel, so we're good there. And no <laughs> murdering of children needlessly, because I really don't like that. Uh there's no murdering of children needlessly. Okay. Are there good
2: enough? Are there made-up uh, medical conditions that are pronounced incorrectly? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Are there... Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot there, of good people there in this movie. Are circuit board washcloths involved? No. Um,
1: no. And there's no like uh, weird robots that walk really slow and have uh, what guitar the? circuit boards for faces.
0: Westworld rocked, <laughs> man. You watch your mouth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were referencing. Yeah, Westworld. Uh,
1: I was talking about Jurassic Park. What was the
2: robot in um, (coughs) RoboCop? RD something or other?
1: ED209? ED209.
0: Can't
1: maneuver steps very well. But neither could RoboCop, so. And and whimpers like a dog, which is kind of (laughs) cool. I think you need to revisit RoboCop. Maybe that's our 100. That really
0: should be our 100.
1: Dude, I'm I'm on board with RoboCop now. But maybe we should do Starship Troopers and RoboCop. That way you can get the full propaganda feel of what Verhoeven was doing. But if okay. we do Without Starship Troopers, showgirls. we have to do Showgirls.
0: That's my requirement. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, let's do Primal Fear and see where we end up next week.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, listeners. Peace out. Peace. Can they spoil this movie for you, George? I I don't blame any of the listeners if they shut this off (laughs) three quarters of the way through a recording of our podcast. (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) I almost want to get. You know what? You do. If you shut this off fifteen minutes ago, you do. You. (laughs) I support you. That's all I have to say.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. We'll be back next week with Primal Fear.
1: Here we go. Here's our our post-credits footage. Predict the end of this movie.
0: Yeah, tell us what you think
1: happened, George. I don't know and I don't care. Um... (laughs) Uh, He's looking at me like I don't I don't think I watched the first hour. I don't
2: care. I I don't know. I don't
1: care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Alright, so he just you turned it off when he was finding teeth on the beach. Yeah. And blood splatter. Mm-hmm. Finish the movie.
0: <laughs> guess it. Um And guess why we have to see his dick. Yeah. Like, in what context does the Baconator
2: get out?
1: You found Mr. Winky.
2: I don't know. I mean, does he get his... uh? Does, Finkel is not Einhorn. Does he get seduced by his... uh The criminal that he's trying to locate? Nev Campbell? Matt Dillon?
1: Mm, she's the dead one. She's dead.
2: Yeah, Matt Dillon. Just kidding. No, oh, that like,
1: would have been like transgressive. That would have been interesting for the Man. time.
2: Yeah. That didn't happen until that would uh, happen today. Brokeback Mountain. That was when that
1: became that acceptable be. in movies. Although they do kind of imply that here. Uh, not a sexual seduction, but they imply. <sighs> Should we just tell him? No, yeah, I, I think him.
0: we just tease him, uh, get him <laughs> as interested as possible, and then cut him off.
1: He's not going to watch.
0: I know. I'm not going to. So that's He's the thing.
1: Full of
2: I can 100% <laughs> live the rest of my life not knowing the end of this movie. 100%.
1: Uh, it's interesting, though. But I understand. I understand. You
0: know, the worst part about not finishing the movie, George, What's that? is that
1: you learn. You don't get to see Niff Campbell naked. No, you, <laughs> you learn
0: who the real mark in the story was, who the who the person that, like, got uh, taken for the worst ride, mm. and you're never going to know. And that's a shame. Like, the ending, who wins, who loses, that's interesting, sort of. But, like, who really is the victim of all this and who, who got taken for the longest ride, that's the interesting part, and we just can't talk about it.
1: Yeah, and the benefactor of it all.
0: Now, what we can talk about is in the unrated cut, and I I imagine that's what they had streaming for you. The amount of that pool boy that you were able to see under Teresa Russell was, for me, the most shocking part of this movie. Because that's the thing they are usually very particular about framing wise. And in this movie, they're just like, hey, something's there.
1: I watched it on demand I think Showtime on demand I don't think I got that part
0: it was a lot of I mean it was probably like in a sock or whatever they do but I mean it was a substantial amount of him was visible for multiple frames where you're just like wow that's not what I expected out of a Hollywood movie Hm. yeah interesting
2: hmm. yeah interesting can I just tell him no He's not
1: gonna go.
0: I know. He's not gonna watch it. I don't want him to. I don't want him to. I just want it to be a thing, <laughs> you know, on his deathbed in seventy years. He's gonna be like, oh, <laughs> he's
2: gonna be like, God. I hope I live that long. <laughs> he clearly said to, to blave, <laughs> <laughs> which means to bluff, which means probably he probably lost
1: the bet and yeah, <laughs> liar, so good, <laughs> liar.
2: Get back, witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> but after what I just heard, I'm not sure I want to be that anymore. <laughs> Humperdinck.
0: Yeah.